Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Canadians can be reassured uh, that we are acting with determination to bring inflation down. I, I get it that it is a bit counterintuitive. We're raising interest rates. That's raising the cost of borrowing for Canadians. But actually, that is what the economy needs. Because by making borrowing more expensive, people are going to borrow less, spend less, and save more. And that's going to take some of the steam out of inflation. One of the most influential voices in this country, and uh, most people listening to this program right now, have no idea who that just was. Probably most of you listening to the program have no idea who I am. It's really Roy Green. It has to be. I'm wearing his clothes. But, yeah, it's the voice. And oh, it's only bugging me. Maybe it's bugging you, too. It's better today than it was yesterday. Much better. And I suspect by tomorrow it'll be better. <laughs> Hopefully not worse. Anyhow, we're looking into 2024. When I did the last program's last live shows in December, we looked back at 2023, some of the major issues that we talked about. And we had specific guests with us, and uh, some of those guests are with us again today as we look into the next 12 months. In the last half hour, we spoke with Professor Sylvain Charlebois, the director of the Agri-Foods Lab at Dalhousie University, about food and food prices and food inflation. And he sees improvement and better things for consumers, which is great. But where are we as far as our economic well-being is concerned and in the big picture? Well... Big picture affects all of our individual pictures, doesn't it? Uh, Ari Goldkind telling us earlier today that he's renegotiating his mortgage and he's expecting a 30 to 40% increase. Um, for most people, that's when I start to see the uh, signs on the lawn for sale. Um, stock markets are showing some signs of recovery. How much of a how much of a reliable indicator is that? Uh, uh, I, I've never been, I've never been one that's bought completely into that. But then I'm not a, a markets expert. Um, oh yeah, the voice, Tiff Macklem, <laughs> the, uh, the uh, head of the Bank of Canada. That was the voice. So what's going to happen with interest rates? Are we in better shape, worse shape? Professor Eric Cam knows how to address all of these things, and his voice is working macroeconomics at Toronto Metropolitan University. Professor Cam, Happy New Year. How are you? Uh, Happy New Year. Uh, I'm well, and I would argue in an oratory sense, maybe a little bit better than you. Feel uh, feel free to lob up nice, fat fastballs for me to hit, and I can just ramble on, and you can rest your voice. Okay. So let's, let's, get, let's get at this one right away. Do the recession concerns remain as far as you're concerned? Yes. I mean, absolutely. It's nice to flip the calendar and, you know, have the number go from 2023 to 2024, but we don't get a, uh, a whiteboard in the real world. You can't wipe your mistakes clean and start again. And so what I see in terms of a real overview, and I wish I could do what Dr. Chalabois does, because it's nice to be to have the luxury, and he's a very smart man, of picking, cherry picking in a sense, Roy, pieces of the economy, pieces of our of, of our landscape where we say, well, things might be a little bit better. I'm kind of stuck in that um, macro view. I kind of hover over the economy and say, how are we doing in general? And so 
in thinking about coming on today, I was I've concentrated on four themes that I thought would shape the economy's performance for this year. And all of them at this particular moment are doing well worse than the other OECD nations. And so for me to start off, I would talk about that there's no more discussion about are we heading into a recession? We're in a recession. I, I, I don't give a damn if Statistics Canada gives me a, a hard and fast definition of what a recession is. I know what love is and I know what a recession is and we're in one. And the second theme we can discuss to me is falling on old themes are population growth and immigration. The third one is, of course, our vaunted Bank of Canada. And you just played our governor's assessment. And if we're going to talk about monetary policy, then the fourth one has to be our fiscal policy. And so we can discuss any or all of these. But I think as we are circling the economy, um, I would say these are four broad topics that are front and center for this year. And right now, as we sit on the 6th of January, they are hovering at around 0% and trending down, Roy. So what happens then to the so-called middle class of this country? We had a middle class minister at one time. Mr. Trudeau had a middle class minister for two years, 2019 to 21. Now that post has disappeared. So what happens to the middle class and the people who are, because this is a massive issue, people who are greatly concerned about their mortgage rates, people who are greatly afraid that the homes they bought, their homes that are the, really the backbone of their lives may be in peril. What can you share with us as far as your thoughts on that is concerned? I think that they better be. I think that they better be. And I think that... Um, the middle class right now is sadly lumped in with the people on the lower end of the socioeconomic scale. And I think that all of the four issues that I just talked about are really going to be hurting them. But since you zoned in on one, the Bank of Canada, Roy, has made it abundantly clear, abundantly clear that they are going to hold the line until such a time that the inflation rate, whatever version of inflation that they're using today, because I think it changes, hits 2%. And until that time, come hell or high water, there are not going to be any decreases in that rate of inflation. There are not going to be any decreases in the nominal rate of interest. That's the borrowing rate. And so, as I said in the before the year, you still have 60% of this country in the same position as Ari Goldkind. I've never met Ari, but I like when he's on your show because I think he makes good sense, good intuitive sense. And I'm worried, I'm very worried. As I used the term in the last year, bloodshed on the streets is not too strong. Mr. Goldkind, bless him, is a lawyer and a media personality. And I've never looked in his bank account, but I'm going to go on the assumption that he can probably absorb an increase in his mortgage rate. But you and I know from citing way too many Canadian studies that there are way too many Canadians that are one paycheck or two paychecks away from insolvency. Yep. And those people, Roy, I don't know. I don't know as an economist, what are they going to do if their mortgage should double? Because 
The old answer used to be, well, they'll rent. But guess what? A, there's no rentals out there. And B, rentals are up 20 and 30%. This, Roy, as you know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, is a housing crisis like we have never, ever seen. Because it's a crisis in demand, thanks to immigration, thanks to population growth, and a crisis in supply, because there's nowhere to build new houses in urban centers. And anybody who believes Justin Trudeau is going to build thousands and thousands and thousands of houses in and around urban centers like Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver, I'd like to sell them some swampland in Florida, Roy. Yeah, apparently he's building there too. Well, I, you know what? There's, they've got a little bit of a brighter picture than us because the United States right now has a large open economy and an economy heading into a, a, a political season. You know, there's a funny trend that as the U.S. economy tends toward elections, they have these mini booms. And so if we were talking about the U.S. economy, okay, they're not having a banner year. Um, no one's writing home about it, but it's trending up. And I would like to see the Canadian economy follow suit. I'd like to see some part of our economy start to trend upward. And Roy, you, by the way, stumbled upon something I would love to tell people. Anybody who believes the stock market is the way out of a recession is kidding themselves. The stock market is the economy's version of a night in Las Vegas. And the economy is not predicted terribly well by any stock market. It is predicted well by labor markets and housing markets. And both of ours are in desperate need of a fix. Now, Professor Cam, you prepared uh, specific items that you want to talk about. I'd like you to do that. But let me preface that by just uh, referencing Ryan Tamilti's story in the National Post. And he writes that Canada is seen as an well, Canada is seen as an unserious player on the international stage. This is according to the Chamber of Commerce CEO, Perrin Beattie, who also in an open letter to Justin Trudeau wrote the nation needs to boost defense spending to deal with an increasingly dangerous world. Mr. Beattie, of course, was National Minister of Defense in Brian Mulroney's government. But Canada is seen as a, quote, unserious player on the international stage. Not helpful, obviously. Please take it away. Well, it's 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 not helpful. The the problem is is we're not doing anything to improve that position. I mean, I would argue first and foremost as you know, I think that an economy has to be competitive to be a thriving economy and our co economy is is not competitive because we have a government that tends to not allow a lot of competition. And so that keeps output low and prices high and choice minimal. Um, our banks, I know that people think our banks are, are monoliths and huge, but on a world stage, they're very small and they're not allowed to be major players in corporate markets, bond markets, and financial markets. And so again, on a, a big picture, it's very hard to see how we ever buck that trend. Although I would have one prescription for my prime minister, which is like every first-year economics book preaches, if you would like to be internationally competitive, from the time of David Ricardo in the 1700s, you have to exploit what countries call a comparative advantage. No matter what the country is, Roy, and no matter what you think of it, anywhere in the world, you are better at doing some things 
than others. And so what most capitalist economies do is they produce the things that they produce the best. And by the best, I mean the most efficient. And they buy what they don't produce the best. And a lot of countries have used this as a growth strategy. Canada, unfortunately, tends to turn their back on this, especially under the Trudeau government, because the things that we would cultivate at the lowest cost and the most efficient are, of course, our staples, natural resources, fuel, things like this. But we choose not to exploit them. We, we buy things that we could produce for much cheaper. That makes us more dependent internationally. And I don't have to tell you that like any person that has no bargaining power, you lose. And right now, Canada has very little bargaining power in the rest of the world. And let me end the thought by saying, the only thing I see out of the Trudeau government in terms of an international growth strategy is population growth, bringing in immigration. And I said it before, and I'll say it again. There isn't a Jewish person alive, me included, that turns their back on immigration because every Jewish person was an immigrant at one time. But population growth as a growth driver, as a theory of growth to fall back on, has never, ever worked in a capital society. And so this is what I worry about. I like the question about being internationally competitive because right now we're not. But the saving grace is we could be with a little thought and a little innovation and just sitting down and realizing what does our country produce the most of at the cheapest price? Let's cultivate it and sell it and stop buying it abroad, Roy. Yep. Energy, we buy hundreds of thousands of barrels of oil every single day. We absolutely do. And then they and then they argue in Ottawa, should we have pipelines to sell that oil? And I, I will just never forget as an economist, just as a person, cognizant human being reading the newspaper, I don't understand. I don't understand why this government is so abject and against real growth strategies. Natural resources, not interested. Increasing disposable income, this isn't the time. Well, let me tell you, Mr. Trudeau, this is absolutely the time to take a silly, misguided policy like the Green Initiative and shelve it. Because shelving it doesn't mean scrapping it. It means reconsidering it when you have people that can afford their rent and afford to feed their children. But until we're there, nobody in the grocery store walking by the meat or the vegetables gives a damn about clean air. They want to, Roy, but they can't. So we have a minute. What's the takeaway from our first conversation of 2024? I think the takeaway actually is a positive, believe it or not. I think an economy isn't perfect, but I think it's not a bad machine. But I think like every other machine, it can break. And it needs some pushing and some prodding and some fixing. And we call that monetary and fiscal policy. You know, economies are complicated, but the solutions, there's only two. You either use government spending or you use monetary policy and adjusting the interest rates through the money supply. And what I would say is even with gross 
miscalculation and execution on the part of the government, this little engine continues to function. And so all I would say is I would like people to think about and maybe even reaching out to those people they voted for to say, we're doing fine. I mean, not really, but if you want to compare it to where I think we're going to end up before the year's over, we're still okay. We're still treading water. Let's use the powers that we have and set the economy off on a better path. Okay. The way we're going of no growth drivers is going to result in only one thing, Roy. No growth. Professor Gam, many people are nervous. We'll about talk it. many times in 2024, I'm sure. Thank you so much for today. Thank you. It's an honor, and I uh, I say stay healthy, but I mean stay healthier. Okay. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. Thank you.